Hey, everybody. Guess what? Ask Me Another's hitting the road once again. We are coming to St. Louis on Thursday, April 16th with author of Prep and Sisterland, Curtis Sittenfeld. And on Saturday, May 2nd, we're going to Santa Barbara, California with special guest. You might know him as uh, the creator of Mad Men. That's right. Matthew Weiner will be joining us, so you need to join us too. Go to amatickets.org. Warning. The following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. Please put on your headphones. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Castro Theater in beautiful San Francisco, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We are so excited to be back at Sketchfest, and we will be playing games with Alex Borstein from HBO's Getting On, Pixar director Brad Bird, and relationship advice columnist Dan Savage. So if you like hilarious women, hilarious animation, and hilarious sex, um, no, <laughs> that doesn't sound right, hilarious sex advice, then this is the show for you. Our first game is called Grandparents Movie Database. And let's welcome our contestants, Derek Lipkin and Rebecca Watson. Uh, right off the top, I have to say, our contestants are living up to the quirkiness I was praying for. <laughs> Derek, you're a corporate lawyer, video game enthusiast, and of course, a rapper. How could I not be? Rebecca is a science writer who worked her way through college doing magic and runs a website for skeptics. Thank you, San Francisco, for making this possible. To help with your game, please welcome our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Coulton. Everybody. So what if your only source for celebrity info was your grandparents? You might get a little confused. We are going to pretend to be grandparents and give you a slightly confused description of a celebrity. And you have to tell us who we're talking about. So here's an example. I watched that movie Grabbed last night with the guy who played Voldemort. Oh, no, wait, no, that was Ray Fiennes. You know, this guy, his daughter gets kidnapped and he's got a particular set of skills. The answer, of course, would be Liam Neeson. So we're making fun of old people. <laughs> <laughs> so ring in and the winner will move on to her Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. I would just like to know how many quick and curious movies is this guy gonna make? What's his name? You know, the wrestler, the jock. Rebecca. Is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson? It is, yes. You know who your cousin Tyler looks like? He got the girl pregnant in Juno? Or no, that's Michael Sarah. I'm talking about that kid in, in that movie that I loved so much, The Facebook. Rebecca. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, not Andy Samberg, but he <laughs> reminds me of No. <laughs> is it Jesse Eisenberg? It is. You are correct. <laughs> you know what popular new song I like? 
It's by that girl with the ukulele and the big eyes and the dark bangs, Zoe Deschanel. No? No, the one that divorced the British comic who is an author. The I kissed a girl and I liked it? Derek. Katy Perry. Katy Perry, Nicely yes. Nicely done. Good come from behind. <laughs> Do you know who was the best Spider-Man? He also played Froyo in The Ring. Oh, no. No, no, no. That was Elijah Wood. I'm thinking of the Spider-Man who was in The Great Gatsby with Jack from the Titanic movie. Rebecca. Uh, was that uh, Andrew Garfield? No. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> no. That was Tobey Maguire. Oh, it was. Right. The You're other correct. one. The slightly better one. Yeah. Okay, this is your last clue. The little girl on Modern Family is so young, I can't believe she had a baby with the punked guy. Hold on, I'm thinking of the one from Family Guy. She dated the punked guy on that show, I Love the 70s. You know what? I loved the 70s. Rebecca? Mila Kunis. That is correct. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Will Hines, to find out how did our contestants do. Our winner for that round was Derek. Derek, you'll be coming back in our final round. Thank both of you guys very much. Thank you. Family Guy has us dying from laughter, and HBO's Getting On is about people dying, which proves our VIP is really killing it. Please welcome Alex Borstein. Well, you right now are the star of an animated series, star of an HBO series. Uh, so right now, are you getting recognized more for your face or for your voice? It's a little of both. It's, yeah? it's, it's, it's both now. And, and the, it, with each job I get, the demographic changes. So, so, you know, with Family Guy, for a long time, it was like 12 to 16-year-old boys. <laughs> um, and then, you know, girls who, who, who were into Lizzie McGuire movie and... So it's always, you always kind of, at the airport, I can tell someone coming over towards me. I usually, it's a game I play to see if, like, ah, this is getting on. Oh, this is Family Guy. But people get really attached to the character you play in an animated series, and didn't, do they then get angry at you for plot points? Or... Oh, yes. When, when Brian Griffin, the family dog, <laughs> died in an episode, I received so much hate mail, like on Twitter. <laughs> so angry, and... and not really attached to reality, that it's a, it's, it's a cartoon. Yeah. And did you respond to those, or do you take the, no, never respond to anyone? I didn't respond to, to many of those, no. To many of them. There was no, the I one, though. I didn't. I mean, I found out where each person lived. <laughs> um, but I haven't responded yet. <laughs> so HBO's Getting On, amazing series. You said that this is the role of a lifetime for you, that you would happily retire afterwards. Don't. And it's a dark comedy. If you don't know, you play uh, the head nurse in a uh, geriatric ward, yeah. basically. Uh, and it's, it's pretty... Doesn't it sound hilarious? I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> so does it feel like you were spreading your wings coming out of the booth where you are, you know, used to recording this character that now you're, you know, fully in front of the camera doing the huge series? The beauty of Family Guy is getting to show up in my pajamas or can be anywhere across the country and pop into a recording booth and they can do it over the phone, the magic. But then when I'm in the booth, I long for getting to have my face to work with and my body and, and uh, 
you know, to get to interact with other people. Because a lot of Family Guy now is done, we do it solo. Everyone's schedules are nuts. Like, it's very solitary. Is the voice of Lois based on anyone you know, or is that just... Oh, it is. Yes. yes. It's a direct ripoff of a cousin of mine in Long Island. <laughs> o- older? Older. Older cousin. Her, 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 her accent's a little different. She's Hungarian, so it's Hungarian Long Island mixed together. It's, uh, it's, it's like a cat dying. It's... <laughs> well, she might listen to NPR. Sorry. <laughs> Well, we're going to give you a Rubik's Cube for agreeing to give the clues in this game titled The Peter Principle. Let's meet our lucky contestants, Kate Wing and Graham Charles. Ah, oh, they're fist bumping, giving each other... I know, you guys are pretending that you're not competing. Graham, you're a stay-at-home dad whose kids are young, six and eight. And six you, and eight, yeah. Six and eight, and you say you've seen it all? Yeah, kids are weird. <laughs> And Kate, you sum up your life in three words. I love this. Strategy, philanthropy, and fish. Yes. Okay. Is, is it that the order? Fish being the most important? Yeah, I used to say that I eat my clients, which is I work for the fish and I do also consume them because I think it's important to get close to the ocean if you want to save it. On Family Guy, Alex is the voice of Lois, who is the long-suffering wife of Peter Griffin. And in this game, we are going to imagine that Lois is married to a whole bunch of different famous, real, and fictional people named Peter. So you just have to guess what Peter we are talking about. Alex, would you give them an example? Peter, where are you? (laughs) This peck of pickled peppers isn't going to pick itself. So that would be the nursery rhyme character. Peter Piper. Exactly. So remember, we're doing both real and fictional Peters. Take it away, Alex. Peter, why are your tights always covered in fairy dust? And who's this Wendy who keeps texting you? When are you going to grow up? Graham. Peter Pan. Peter Pan, yeah. Okay, here we go. Yeah. You saw the direction on this one, I yeah? did see uh, the direction. That's what I'm trying to inhabit. <laughs> oh, Peter. <laughs> when you make your guitar talk like that, it's my libido that comes alive. Now show me the way to the bedroom, huh? Graham? Peter Cetera? I can understand that that's your romancing music. (laughs) But that is not what we're looking for here. Kate, can you steal? Is there any way she's allowed to repeat the thing that went like, Matata? Uh, I don't think by asking that way, but... uh... No, and I'm going to go shit in the ocean later. (laughs) I mean, sure. Oh, Peter, when you make your guitar talk like that, it's my libido that comes alive. Peter Frampton. Yes! (laughs) Just 17 more. Okay. (laughs) You know what I usually make for this? What? (laughs) It's astonishing. This is a... Okay. Do you like that I was just like, what? I don't know what money is like. Tell me about it. 
I know it's tense on the set of Game of Thrones, Peter, but don't bring that Tyrion Lannister bad attitude into our home. Kate, Peter Dinklage. Yes. Listen to me, Peter. Or have you gone deaf from all those cannons firing in your 1812 overture? Graham. Peter Tchaikovsky? Yes. You guys are calm. There's a lot of serenity over on this side. We're just simmering with rage about the shitting in the ocean. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is your last clue. Peter, most marriages are till death do us part, but I get to spend eternity with you, God, in the pearly gates of heaven. Kate. Peter, the guy who guards the pearly gates. He is a saint. Turns out, somehow, we have completely just worn down our puzzle keeper here, and he says we will accept that. A great game on so many levels. Kate, you'll be moving on. A huge hand for Alex Borstein. Thank you so much. Coming up, we'll talk to writer and director Brad Bird about being a prodigy, visionary, multiple Oscar winner, and why he can't seem to live up to his potential. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. I know you know, but I'm telling you again that there are a lot of great NPR podcasts that you should check out, like How to Do Everything with Mike and Ian. Hello, Ophira. Hi. Hey. Hey, Ian's here too. Oh, yeah, hey there. Hi, Ian. So you guys are the hosts of How to Do Everything. Yeah, we host How to Do Everything, but we don't actually know anything. Mm. People ask us how to do stuff, and then we go and find another person who actually knows how to do that thing. All right, so I have a question for you. We tape our shows in front of a live audience. So when these people are scrambling to their seats, and you know there's that thing I've been caught in a million times where you are trying to squish yourself to get by people, and it's always awkward. Is there a right way to do this? The the choice you have is do you put your crotch in the person's face or your butt in the person's face, which is not... Neither one seems... You can't win. Yeah, there's no way that you're like, oh, I know exactly the answer. Yeah, we, we're we going to investigate this for you. Oh. Uh, so we, we'll we'll find you an answer, crotch or butt, uh, <laughs> I guess, by the, by the end of your show. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our one-man house band, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Will Hines. Say hello to our next contestants, Anya Lester and Chrisman Richards. Our contestants continue to be into amazing self-descriptions. Anya said she's just the average hippie vegetarian, animal-loving, NPR-listening, crossword-doing trivia hound that shoots guns and fights crime. That's me. I'm a forensic scientist, a firearms examiner with the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. That is amazing. That is so cool. I can't even tell you how cool that is. And the funniest part is my name anagrams to Arsenal yet. (laughs) You lived up to almost everything in your self-description just by when you said that. Just about, yeah. It's perfect. Chrisman, cool name. Thank you. Descendant of English nobility. Yes, very much so. 
who who are you? Uh, who are you a descendant? I'm a of? Pennington of Moncaster Castle, and so we uh, served. Come in on. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm a Pennington. Uh, and you're a ghost hunter. I am. Well, the castle is very haunted, so it just kind of came in the family. Okay. This is like a weird career fair. This show. <laughs> Are there any ones around here? Are there any ones around? Oh, yeah. This theater is full of ghosts. Really? They're all really well-dressed, too, you guys. Well-dressed. <laughs> They're not going to give me the answers, though. Don't worry. We're not cheating tonight, you guys. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say, Krista. <laughs> well, it's time for another installment of an Ask Me Another classic game. It's called This, That, or The Other. Ooh. We give you the name of something, and all you have to do is tell us which of three categories it belongs to. So, Jonathan Colton, what are today's categories? In honor of San Francisco, today's categories are historical figures, sci-fi villains, and tech startups. Because, <laughs> you know, it's San Francisco. If San Francisco is known for anything, it's evil nerds with lasers. <laughs> And I'm going to alternate between you guys so you don't have to buzz in. Just tell us, is it a historical figure, a fictional sci-fi villain, or a tech startup? Are, are you ready? We are ready. Yes, absolutely. Okay. No ghosts. Okay. <laughs> Anya, this is for you. Zynga. Zynga. Tech startup. That is correct. They, uh, a game company, they made Farmville, so we also would have accepted villain. <laughs> Chrisman, this is for you. Zerg. He is a villain. He is, you're correct. He is quite the villain. He is. Mm. From Toy Story, of course. Anya, Bluetooth. Bluetooth? Tech startup? No, I'm sorry. This is kind of a trick question. It is. Because, of course, it's a technology and not a company, but it was named after an actual historical figure, King Harold Bluetooth Gormson of Denmark. Who knew? Chrisman. Blue Fang. Is that a tech startup? It is. Oh, well. Another video game developer. They made Zoo Tycoon. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Anya, this one's yours. GLaDOS. GLaDOS? <laughs> villain. It is a villain. That's right. She's from a video game. The two of them you haven't known, and you've guessed and gotten it right. You, you must be an amazing detective. Like, you must be like... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I don't have the evidence, but I know this person did it. <laughs> She's right again. Very Holmesian. Chrisman. Narmer. Narmer is a historical figure. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty old. He was the first pharaoh of Egypt. Clearly he was like a loser pharaoh. Narmer. Narmer. <laughs> Whatever, here comes Narmer. 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 All of Narmer's junior high school friends are like, Narmer's pharaoh? Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> Narmer? <laughs> Oh, man, Egypt's lame now, man. This is your last set of questions you might be relieved to hear. Anya. Giphy. I'm going to go with a tech startup. That's right. Chrisman. Yes. Scroop. 
Scroop. Scroop. It sounds like a tech startup, but I think that it's actually a villain. <laughs> so what's I your like answer? That. My answer is villain. That you were correct. Yep. It is a villain. Will, how did our contestants do? This was a really close battle, but our winner for this round is Chrisman. Oh, good job. So Chrisman, we'll see you in the final round. Thank you both for playing. Let's welcome to the stage the director and writer of the Pixar films The Incredibles and Ratatouille and the upcoming Disney blockbuster Tomorrowland, Brad Bird. Welcome, Brad. Hello. You seem to know what you wanted to do from the second you were born. I mean, uh, at 14, you were mentored by uh, Mitt Call. Milt Oh, Call. I'm sorry, Milt yeah, yeah. Call. He's one of Disney's nine old the, men. Right, yeah. the core animators yeah, of Disney. Yeah. So how did that meeting come about? I had done a film that I started when I was 11, and I finished it when I was 13. What? And uh, it was about 15 minutes long, and it was animated. And I sent it in. My parents said, start at the top and then work your way down. And that way, whoever says yes to giving you the time of day will be the best person you can get. So I went to Disney first, and luckily they said... Yes. What was it about? It was uh, a version of the tortoise and the hare, but it ends up in a five-way tie, so it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are the other ones that get involved? Well, there's a bee, there's a horse. Oh, okay. Uh, you're, yeah. you're asking me to defend work I did no, when I was 13. No, I'm not defending. I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated. You know. I'm fascinated. I think uh, The Incredibles is basically the best animated film of all time. And not everyone knows that on top of writing and directing The Incredibles, uh, you voiced the costume designer, Edna Mode. I did. <laughs> I was exceedingly cheap and available. Yeah. <laughs> you were right there. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves that character so much. I'm sure that when they find that out, they come up to you and they're like, oh my God, you did the voice of Edna I don't Mode. do the voice, darling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. I must be paid. <laughs> now, we're all very excited about the upcoming film, Tomorrowland, and I don't like spoilers, of course, but what are you doing to spoiler-proof this project? Uh, you know, it's very difficult nowadays because everyone has a device with which they can ruin your movie. Yeah. Um, they print things on red paper to make them so that nobody can copy them, but they also make them impossible to read when you're on the set. So you're like... You go over to the gar, and then you, blah, you know, and it's like, it, it, so yes, it's, it's security's difficult. Have you had a problem in the past? I did Mission Impossible. One of the producers was J.J. Abrams, and, and he had actually had a, a project kind of blown out of the water because it got leaked too early, and then people critiqued the thought process of the movie before they'd even started making the movie. And it just, you know, so yeah, this stuff, you know, you have to take it seriously. And The Incredibles 2 is going to also happen. It's percolating. Percolating. Yeah, yeah. Yay. I mean, I'm, I'm just starting to write it, so uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Well, in the beginning, you were a creative consultant on The Simpsons for eight seasons. Yeah. Uh, directed some classic episodes. Krusty Gets Busted was the first one I did. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Perfect, because we're going to see how well you remember the show. Oh, God. We've... <laughs> It was a long, it's been on for so, longer than I was on it, you know? Since I left it, it's been on like twice as long as Brad, I was Brad, you're going to do it. fine. You're going to do fine. <laughs> We've asked our puzzle guru, Will Hines, to dust off some of his Simpsons impressions. And you have 60 seconds to identify them based on their catchphrase. If you get enough right, Katie Proctor of Hendersonville, North Carolina, will win an Ask Me Another anagram t-shirt. Well. I know. And to add to the stakes, Brad, I should say that um, I can't do impressions, so um, (laughs) I'm just going to do the best I can, and good luck. (laughs) Great. Mmm, donuts. Oh, come on. It's Homer. Hi, Caramba. Bart. Yep. Oakley Doakley. Ned Flanders. Worst episode ever. Comic book guy. Hey, hey, kids. Krusty. Glavin! Uh, Frank? Yep, trying to. Won't someone please think of the children? <laughs> Won't someone please think of the children? It's a woman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maud Flanders? It's uh, Helen Lovejoy. Oh, okay. I'm sure it's my fault. Um, <laughs> ha ha! Oh, Nelson. Yep. Oh, yeah! Uh, Otto? It should be, but uh, more spokesman-y. Troy McClure? Duffman. That was a terrible Duffman. I know. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, Will, we're out of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you want to give us your Duffman, just so uh, we have Oh, it? no, no. I'm just, I'm not saying I can do better. Oh. Just mad. Isn't it more like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I gave it a try. That was pretty damn good. Yeah. Hey, man, we all have things we can do. I mean, I edit Wikipedia pages about Battlestar Galactica. You do your thing. It's good. <laughs> Brad, you definitely got enough right that Katie Proctor is going to get her T-shirt. Thank you so Thank much. You. Let's hear it one more time for Brad Bird. For a game called Malady Melodies, let's welcome our next two contestants, Liz Flynn and Simone Chavour. Liz, Simone, what song are you sick of right now? Or even, it doesn't have to be right now, like a contemporary, it could be song in the past that you just hope you would never, ever have to hear again. Liz? Um, I'd have to go with almost any song from the musical Oklahoma. Um, what happened? What happened? It's my mother's favorite musical, and mm. I grew up listening to it a lot, and my mom singing along and just listening to it on car trips. Yeah. And you hate your mom. That's what you're trying to say. Well, just Oklahoma. <laughs> just Oklahoma. Okay. Someone is very upset in the back of the balcony. I'm sorry. It's fine. I think that is a very good answer. Thank Simone? you. Well, anyone who knows me knows that my musical tastes were cast in cement in the 90s, like the 80s and 90s, kind of gothy industrial. Yeah. Love some angst. Sure. But I had a friend in high school who was obsessed with The Cure. Yeah. She was Robert Smith for Halloween once. So anytime, like, love song comes on the radio, I just turn it as fast as I can. 
It's too much. Yep. Too much eyeliner. Yep. I could have been that friend, just so you know. <laughs> Obviously, we get sick of certain songs eventually. This game is songs about getting sick. So I'm going to play some songs whose titles contain a minor medical ailment. But the lyrics have been changed to literally describe each ailment, which is how these songs should have been written to begin with. <laughs> Your job is to ring in and identify the original song title. Here we go. You never know how much I hate school. Gonna say my forehead's hot. When I claim it's an infection. You think a temp is what I got, a faker? You Simone. give me fever. Fever is correct. I saw those leaves of three. Didn't let them be. Then my skin turned red. Now the rash is starting to spread. Liz? Poison Ivy? Yeah. You answered that with the never heard of the song, but I listened to what the words said, <laughs> tone of voice. Yep. Sometimes that's a better strategy. Here we go. Feeling kind of dizzy, senses start to wane. Not matching images sent to my brain. I've done some heavy drinking, much to my chagrin Am I talking to you, or is that your twin? I'm so drunk, I got... Liz. A hangover? No. <laughs> Up until that last line, yeah. I thought I had no, it. No, no, that's a, that's a, that's a good guess. Simone, <laughs> totally you know? logical. With that double vision. Yeah. Liz, I love you. You're just like, I'm telling you what this song is. <laughs> I She's heard the lyrics. She's the songs. <laughs> They're all different strategies. They're all valid. <laughs> Whatever gets you there. I couldn't reach my back at the beach. Now it's badly burned. I am a man who just doesn't tan. I will never learn. SPF one. I got up. Liz. Blister in the sun. Yeah, that's right. Every time I scuba dive, I'm lucky to come up alive. Pain in my joints, and I'm staggering around. This will go away, I guess. When the gas is decompressed, then I won't be feeling pressure. And I've got Liz. The Benz? The Benz. My friend who I penned and invited to spend her breakside scene with me. She said, I contend that the cell phone photo trend is lame, so let's skip the selfie. We asked another friend to that end, would he lend a real camera for some indoor shots? But I didn't comprehend how the 
flash would offend because now I am seeing spots. Liz. Blinded by the light? Yeah. Thanks for not leaving me hanging, Liz. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This is your last clue. Things are spinning round. I think my inner ears are quite unsound. If I get up, I'm gone. No need a hand to lose my balance, and I find it hard to stand. Also, I'm nauseous. Oh no, oh no. Got a case of. Simone. Vertigo. Yeah. How did our contestants do, Will? Another very close one, but uh, our winner was Liz. So, Liz, you'll come back for our final round at the end of the show. Thank you very much. Coming up, we'll talk to the dear Abby of Doing It, sex columnist Dan Savage. So, stay tuned. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. like to acknowledge our sponsors, including Loot Crate. It's a monthly subscription box service for geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. Each month, Loot Crate will send you a box with six to eight unique and one-of-a-kind items that include licensed gear, apparel, and collectibles. April's fantasy-themed Loot Crate will include items from your favorite fantasy franchises, including Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and The Princess Bride. But you only have until April 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe. So head to lootcrate.com slash AMA and enter the code ASK to save 10% on any new subscription. And did you know that anyone can call themselves a financial planner without any sort of financial planning education or training and no required ethical standard? It's true. And that's why the more than 71,000 certified financial planner professionals, sponsors of this podcast, want you to make sure you work with only a financial planner who's been properly vetted to uphold the highest standard in education and experience that is required to put your interests above their own. So visit letsmakeaplan.org and find a CFP pro near you. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and I'm delighted to welcome our next guest, author and creator of the It Gets Better campaign, legendary sex columnist, Dan Savage. So I'm a straight, married, monogamous woman living in a major city. I don't give advice for free. <laughs> no, don't worry. I am a professional I'm advice totally columnist. Kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I love when I listen to your show that when people call up and they're like, I'm a heterosexual, straight, monogamous, blah, 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 they almost apologize for being somewhat vanilla. Yeah, the tables vanilla. have turned. The tables have turned. Well, it's the vanilla missionary position marital heterosexual norms who feel just like freaks, and they are. Because... <laughs> When you ask people what normal sex is, they say missionary position opposite sex within the bounds of matrimony open to contraception. And that actually statistically is freakishly rare. <laughs> that is not normative sex. Normal is what happens near this theater on any given Saturday night. 
You've been doing this for over 20 years. I remember reading, I, I mean, I remember reading it, uh, it was, you know, almost at, in my little Canadian newspapers, the Georgia Strait or the Vox or where I was living in Canada. And, you know, it was exciting, it was very edgy. But over 20 years, God, the questions, are they the same? Are they different? They're really, di I've been writing Savage Love for almost 25 years. I'm giving sex advice to the children of people who were childless when they were reading my column, <laughs> which is scary. Have you had to become more political? Like, did you, you didn't start off being political. Oh, I, the actually, the column was always political. It was always political. And I would always get pushback on that because I would start writing about politics. I'd write about choice. I'd write about uh, access to contraception. I'd write about HIV AIDS. I'd write about queer youth years ago. And, you know, I'd take on politicians. And I would always get these angry letters from conservatives who like my column when I'm not pummeling them. <laughs> and they would say, stick to sex. I don't come to your column for politics. And my response was always, when American politicians leave sex alone, I will leave American politicians alone. But they don't, and they can. So what, what background do you have to have? What kind of schooling do you have to uh, become a sex and relationship? The only qualification you need to give someone your advice is that idiot was fool enough to ask you for it. Um, <laughs> when you look at, like Ann Landers, I have no qualifications. I'm just a kicky Midwestern gal with a lot of opinions. Um, you look up advice in the dictionary, it says opinion about what could or should be done. And the only qualification you need to share your opinion is somebody asked you for it. Yep. That's my qualification. And if people, you know, after all these years, if people thought my advice was crappy, they wouldn't ask me for my advice. Oh, They'd go, oh, we're going to ask Prudy. So in the, in the very beginning when you were uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. and you were working at a video store? I was. <laughs> Which is amazing already. <laughs> so paint such a picture. Uh, and a friend was putting, uh, you pitched the, the column to a friend. Accidentally. Uh, Tim Keck was one of the co-founders of The Onion. He is one of the two guys who invented writing complete bullshit in the AP style. That was Tim. <laughs> And he and his friend Chris sold the onion, and Tim moved to see, well, was moving to Seattle to start The Stranger. And I met him, and he was telling me about it. And I said, oh, you should have an advice column, because everybody reads those. You see that Q&A format, you got to read it. And he said, excellent advice. Write the advice column. <laughs> and I wasn't angling for the gig, which is obvious if you read the first year's worth of columns. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know if you still find yourself needing love, sex, relationship advice. I do. You do? Who do you go to? My mother, who is dead, and she does not visit me <laughs> or try to kiss me. I wish she did. But your mom was a, was a good advice. She was a good also, advice giver. that's where you get it from, that's perhaps. Where, my mother was the sort of Dr. Phil for her neighborhood. She was the woman that all these ladies in the neighborhood came to uh, in the 60s and 70s for these coffee clutches, and she would give them advice. And I was the little gay boy who stayed at home and baked cakes with my mother, so I would be there and I would hear it all. And then my mother would say, and of course, now you get paid to do what I as a woman did for free, and isn't that the way the world works? <laughs> and then I would say, Ann Landers made a lot more money than I did doing this, so stuff it, Mom. And then we would <laughs> laugh, and she'd tell me to be monogamous, and I'd say, ha ha, no. <laughs> but I would sometimes, I would, tell, I would talk to her, and she would give me advice, and she was a great advice giver. She was very insightful and empathetic. Um, and very supportive of the choices you would make even if she disagreed with them, which right. was an important skill that I do not share with my mother. 
That is not true. You always, I when you so. give advice, you're super open. You're always saying, like, and if you're into that, that's fine. And if you're into that, that's fine. You just got to so make sure. As long as you're sure. not harming anyone. I, you know, sometimes people say to me, you're the anything goes guys. You're the libertine. And I'm not. If you read my column, I'm often telling people, that's the price of admission you have to pay, or you're not going to be able to do that, and you, that's not okay. Like, I have to come down from the, you know, I have to give these rulings, like, you did wrong. Right, so you're like, just, you have to accept the, your decisions. Yes. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you in a sex contest. <laughs> exactly. The golden rule applies when your pants are off as well. <laughs> okay, Dan, we have concocted the perfect game for you. Are you ready for your uh, Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes, I am. Uh, all right, your game is called What Are We Savages? Mm. So we asked our audience questions. Our audience is filled with uh, nerdy but sexually active millennials. We asked them about their sexual experiences, their habits, their thoughts, and you just have to guess how they responded. Okay. Okay. So put yourself in the mind of someone who likes puns. Those millennials sex. and their puns. Yeah, they love them. It's crazy. <laughs> House musician Jonathan Colton is going to help us with this quiz, and if you get enough questions right, Nina Starner in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is going to win and ask me another prize. Okay, good. I'll, I'll do it again. I'm bad at puns. <laughs> No, there's no puns in this. We're going to start with some easy ones. We asked our audience, would you rather be in a relationship with someone who is ugly but nice or hot but mean? Well, if they live around this theater, hot but mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the sort of question I think people would dishonestly answer because they want to make themselves appear smarter, saner. Uh, more thoughtful, and they would, they would pick the, the former. They would pick nice but not hot because they don't want to admit that they would take hot and mean in a hot second. 69% were fooling themselves with just how you said. Forget about hot and mean, hot and dumb. That is the best. That's awesome, yeah. Are you segueing to me? Oh yeah, that's you. We gave our audience this hypothetical. My spouse and I have not had sex for four years. I still love her, but I've just lost interest. She's been saying she'd like to explore an open marriage. What advice did our audience give? A, as long as she's careful and respectful, it's okay. It'll make her happy. B, sorry, no, open marriages never work in the long run. Or C, just have sex with her already. Would it kill you? I think they probably went for C. They did, 64%. That's right. What did they really think, Dan? I think they probably really thought C, but they're wrong. What's the right answer? So I think they sh people should think about B and be open to B, but of course an uh, NPR audience is going to go for C every time. <laughs> All right, here's another light one. What percentage of our audience said that they've slept with someone whose first or last name they did not know? <laughs> 25%, 50%, or 75%? The actual number is 75%, but the answer was 25%. I, they, we have 50. Um, <laughs> An average of the actual the answer. The and True story? Yeah. The night I met Terry, one night stand, picked him up, went home. He was in the shower. I had to go get his ID out of his wallet to remember his name. <laughs> what would you like for breakfast, Terry? <laughs> Final question. We asked our audience, in a relationship, is it better to love your partner more or to be loved by your partner more? Yes. <laughs> Which one? Oh, I thought I could just choose both. Well, that 
is kind of accurate, right? Because it always changes a little bit. There's a yeah, dynamic. Yeah, it sloshes around and back and forth. Uh, but our audience decided which one they would just prefer. Well, if you're the loved more, that's more of the power position, and people don't want to feel vulnerable. So I believe people would choose to be the loved more partner. The puzzle players did choose that. Thank God. They said they want to be loved more, 53%. Yep. Well, it's almost, that's almost a tie. That's, that's yeah, pretty right. Good. It's almost 50 50. Uh, so, you know what? I feel like you did well enough for Nina to get that prize. Okay. Shoot. You inadvertently answered a lot of my questions, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Dan Savage, Thank everybody. You. There's things that you get and things that you know. Boys you can trust, girls that you don't. Little things you hide, little things that you show. Sometimes you think you're gonna get, but you don't. That's just the way it goes. Swear I won't tease you, tell you no lies. I don't need no Bible, just look in my eyes. is so long, baby, now that we're friends. Every man's got his patience. I want your love I want your sex I want your Jonathan Coulton now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Grandparents Movie Database, Derek Lipkin. From the Peter Principal, Kate Wing. From This, That, or the Other, Chrisman Richards. And from Melody Melodies, Liz Flynn. They'll be playing our Ask Me One More final round. Our puzzle guru, Will Hines, will lead this round, titled GGG Network. So, uh, Dan Savage uses the abbreviation GGG to suggest that one should try to be good in bed, giving equal pleasure to one's partner, and game for anything within reason. So, contestants, I hope you're good at giving answers in this game, because this round is about words, phrases, or proper nouns that have three Gs in them. So, if I said it's an exercise that's more than just a walk in the park, you would say jogging. Okay, three G's. Uh, we're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last one standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. And your prize. You'll receive Tomorrowland swag from Brad Bird, a personalized voicemail greeting from Alex Borstein, and a chance to answer a question on Dan Savage's podcast, Savage Lovecast. All right. So remember, there'll be a total of three G's in every answer, and they won't necessarily be all together. Here we go. Derek, he's the dude on the $1 bill. Washington. Full name? George Washington. That's right. <laughs> Kate, it's a dairy-based beverage. You enjoy at a Christmas party. Eggnog. Good job. Chrisman, she danced on air with Fred Astaire. Ginger Rogers. That's right. Liz, you might leave a restaurant with your leftovers in it. Doggy bag. Yep. Derek, a type of laugh that's more tee-hee than hearty-har. A giggle? Yes. Kate, 
Nia Vardalos wrote and starred in this 2002 comedy. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Damn right. Chrisman, this 2005 Kanye West hit featured Jamie Foxx. Oh my God. Gold Digger. Whoa. What ghost told you that? Liz. Here in San Francisco, you might see a lot of people wearing this gadget with an optical head-mounted display. Google Glass? Yes. Derek, a flock of geese that is not in flight is called this. Gaggle. Yes. Kate, a common name for an anesthetic used at the dentist office. Laughing gas. Yes. Oh, God, somebody get something wrong. Chrisman, this actress was in The Dark Knight and Secretary and was nominated for an Oscar for Crazy Heart. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes. Liz, in India, McDonald's and KFC serve this non-meat patty. Veggie burger? Yes. <laughs> Derek, this hip-hop group gave us the 1979 hit Rapper's Delight. Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, my God. <laughs> serve that one up. That's not fair. Let me see if I can find an ocean question, Kate. <laughs> Kate, film drama in which Alec Baldwin's character says second prize is a set of steak knives. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes. Chrisman, he composed the opera Porgy and Bess. George Gershwin. Yes. Um, what happens if nobody ever gets one wrong? Um, Liz, uh, outdoor activity that often begins after running and jumping off a cliff. Three seconds. Um, uh... All right, just step aside if someone's got to get it right first. Derek, outdoor activity. Okay, yes. So that means that's uh, goodbye for Liz. Thank you. We have three left. Kate, this 1985 Glenn Close Jeff Bridges thriller was set in San Francisco. Three seconds. Hang gliding in the Presidio. <laughs> That's a good pitch. Uh, just step aside. Chrisman, 1985 Glenn Close Jeff Bridges thriller set in San Francisco. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Great movie, but not related. Uh, all right, Derek, you can steal it all and win it right here. Uh, 1985 Glenn Close, Jeff Bridges thriller. King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Last three, you're back in. Uh, the answer was Jagged Edge. All right, Kate, somebody knew it. <laughs> New York City Museum designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Guggenheim. Yes. Chrisman, a legendary co-creator of the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was an inspiration for it, but that's not the answer we're looking for. Derek, legendary co-creator of the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Mm, Three Greg seconds. Gergen. That's not right. Kate, you can steal the whole thing right here. Gary Jigax. Whoa, yes! That's it. Kate, you are King Nerd. It was a battle of giants. If you're going to win a trivia contest, that's the question to win it on. And the oceans are happy again. <laughs> Congratulations, Kate. You are Ask Me Another Big Winner. And one more hand for our VIPs, Alex Borstein, Brad Bird, and Dan Savage. 
That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And if you've missed any of this week's show, you can download our podcast from iTunes or Stitcher, where you can find every Ask Me Another episode plus very special bonus extras. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Will Hines. Hey, my name anagrams to hell's I win. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung. Narc thug. Additional puzzle writing by Annabelle Bacon, Greg Lightman, Karen Lurie, Glenn McDonald, James Ramsey, David Levinson-Wilk, and senior writer Dan Schofield. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, Denny Shin, and our intern Aaron James, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. We'd like to thank the Castro Theater. A hot streetcar. SF Sketchfest. Tisk Chef Fests. And our production partner, WNYC. CYNW. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another comes from Sotheby's Institute of Art, the Graduate School of Art and its Markets. Sotheby's Institute's mission, since its founding in 1969, has been to educate the next wave of art professionals and examine the world of art, ideas, and commerce, and how that all comes together. Graduates go on to work in galleries, museums, auction houses, and more. You can apply for one of six Sotheby's Institute master's degrees like art business or one of dozens of short courses like a summer course on contemporary art. Campuses in New York, London, L.A., and online. Sotheby'sInstitute.com This week on Ask Me Another, listen to actor and director John Turturro revive his famous film roles. This week on 21, watch Herb Stemple get fed to the Columbia Lions. Watch Charles Van Duren eat his first kosher meal. This week on 21. Listen to contestants try to guess the movie. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Join me and John Turturro this week on Ask Me Another. We've reached the end of the podcast, so it's time to check back in with Mike and Ian of their podcast, How to Do Everything, and find out what is the right way to get into your seat. Is it crotch or butt? Is there an etiquette behind this? Mike, Ian, what's the answer? Yeah, we we have actually struggled with this, and we have we've tested what is the best possible way to get to your seat. You've tested personally. We, well, our producer Jillian has gone out into the field okay. and done done this where she's tried it, where she's walked with her butt facing the people in the aisle. Yes. And th- and then she's done it with the other side facing people. Right. Because that's you... the choice. That's the choice you're making. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it okay if I just scooch in? Sorry. Thank you. Oh gosh, that's not going to work. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. Oh god. Okay. So. Which was the more awkward for you guys? The back was the worst for me. The worst. Okay, so you'd rather me face you. I can at least be smiling while going down and saying, sorry, I apologize, I know it's inconvenient, and go. But yeah, backside, it's kind of rude. Like you're showing your back to someone. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you're at your opera and you have to choose between crotch or butt, now you know how to get into your seat properly. Crotch. (laughs) It's always crotch. See? Yeah. I've made the case. You have to listen to How to Do Everything. So go to npr.org slash podcasts, listen to it, learn, and your life will be better. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Ian. 
Hey, thank you. This was fun. That's awesome. I think we just put just run the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll cut Unedited. it down by about ten seconds. Thank you.